Welcome to the Real Education Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Bowles, and on this show, I interview remarkable people who think way outside the box in education. To listen to more episodes, learn more about my guests, or become a patron of this ad and sponsor-free show, visit blakebowles.com slash podcast. You can also email me at yours truly at blakebowles.com. Now, on to the show. My guest today is Ben Paul, the founder of the German social movement Anti-Uni, which is short for Anti-University. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Blake. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Tell us about Anti-Uni and what your mission is. All right. Anti-Uni is basically about... um, When I started it, I wanted to show that there's not just one right approach to education. So... um, yeah, it's basically, I basically want to show that there's different paths to successful and individual education. And the second goal is to help young people who read the blog, um, give them tools to find out what they really want to do, because I think that's a big part of education for myself, for me. And that has been, yeah, big for me in like finding out what I want to do with my life. And anti-uni is specifically focused on on university and college, what we call in the United States college level education. Is that right? Yeah, it's 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 for um, young people who are in school or getting out of school and um, as well for people who are like not very satisfied with their university experience who are thinking about, okay, what, what can I do? What different path can I take um, instead of just going to university? Or how can I even f- try to figure out what I want to do if I'm not satisfied with my studies? Tell us about your path that led you here. You have a very interesting story. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I went to, I had like, I was quite the, um, how do you say, like conformist student. So I went through school. And after school, I directly went to like the one of one of the most elite law schools in Germany. So, at this law school, I studied for one year. I got one of the most prestigious um, scholarship you can get in Germany. So I was considered like the top, I don't know, zero point one percent of the students student population in Germany. And um, yeah, so after I don't know, like six months into into my law school experience, I started to um, do internships at like big law, law firms, started going to courts and all that stuff. And um, so I started thinking about if I really wanted to become a lawyer and where, where I would, what I would be doing in like five or even 10 years. Um, so I figured that I wasn't really like, I was interested in all the law stuff and like politics that is like, um, kind of combined with what you learn at law school. But I didn't really see myself as a lawyer or like as someone who, as as a diplomat or someone who does law stuff all day. And I didn't feel a very strong connection with lawyers or my, um, my fellow students. So yeah, I was, I wasn't really happy. So I was like, um, after, I think after nine months, I went to see a psychologist and she said that I'm like almost burned out. 
So I, I started thinking about um, what I could do to kind of find out what I really wanted to do. So I decided to take a year off. I went to Nicaragua to volunteer there for almost a year. And within that year, I kind of took, I took a step, like took a step back and like actually had the time and the, the freedom to think about what I wanted to do and like look inside myself and like kind of as well, um, how do you say, oh man, I haven't been talking English to someone in like <laughs> quite some days. So kind of, um, create a new identity if you want to say so because in Germany I always was like I had these expectations from my family of I felt these expectations from my family from um, my university from my mentors and all that so in Nicaragua actually what helped me the most was like the opportunity to kind of reinvent myself and um, that really helped me a lot and um, so I figured that I don't want to go back to law school so I quit law school and um, first, I wanted to do something with international relations because I'm really into languages and intercultural studies. Um, so I tried to find, like, I, I thought about going to the States or to Scotland or to England to study something related to international relations. But then I found out that it's not my thing either because um, it's not creative enough and um so yeah finally i realized that i want to be my own boss and that i want to create something like i want to create the change i want to see myself so i figured that the best way to do that is to be an independent entrepreneur and um so the next step for me was finding ways to learn about entrepreneurship. So I thought, okay, if I want to learn about entrepreneurship, maybe universities can help me. So I traveled all across Europe to, to different universities to check out uh, entrepreneurships, uh, entrepreneurship programs. And um, they all kind of bored me out and they're like not really good and helpful. So I moved to Berlin um, found some mentors who started their own startups. And so I just said, hey, guys, I want to work for you and learn from you. So um, that was two years ago. So I moved to Berlin two years ago and started learning from different startup people and um, starting my own projects. And um, that's basically how I learn up to this day without any university. How old were you when you were entering law school? And and another question, law school in the US is something you do after typically four years of, of university. Yeah. Is it the same in Germany? No, it's not. You can go to law school right after school. So you were so, eighteen or nineteen? I was nineteen, yeah. And you survived for nine months before the psychologist told you that you were essentially burnt out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean I I survived three more months after I went to see the psychologist. So I did one year of law school before I took a year off. Yeah. How did you do as a younger student in uh, you know, all your, your schooling before law school? Were you at a happy, productive? And, I mean, you obviously got good marks, uh, but were you happy and productive and engaged? And did it feel like a good use of your time? 
Yeah, that's that's actually quite an interesting question because yes, I had good marks and school was something that was like kind of easy going for me. So I all like all the time felt that it's not something I'm really intrigued by or curious um, about. But I was like so involved in like sports and music that school was just something that was like I was doing on the side. And I was like really into, I trained table tennis five to seven times a week, um, played the piano and did like lots of activities. So school was just something that kind of, yeah. <laughs> it, it let you do just, the music and sports that you really wanted to do. And right. it, it wasn't too much trouble to, to do the academic work. Right. But it, yeah. it didn't really, uh, wh- why did you choose law in the first place? Because I thought that I'm good at like logical thinking and I thought that I wanted, I wanted status, I wanted a lot of money and uh, my dad is a lawyer so I thought okay this is something um, where I can be intellectually challenged and make a lot of money. So that was like my, my values when I left school. So over time I found out that being a lawyer is not something that I wanted to be because most of the lawyers I met, they were quite boring and um, I didn't really... Sorry to any lawyers out there listening to the show right now. I mean, not not all of them, but most of them didn't, I don't know, they didn't feel energetic or like like super happy or like they were doing something that really matters to them or like bringing, like changing something. So over time, I, I realized that I actually want to like contribute something i want to change something and not just like be a lawyer that helps big firms that already make a lot of money make more money so like i didn't see the 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 sense in that like what 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 does it bring me or like what does it bring the world um that some firms or like some companies that already make a lot of money make more money um for example I think this transition that you're describing is really interesting because there might be a lot of people out there who resonate with this this general desire that's passed on to them through parents or through society or through their peers or through their university that just like what you said, you know, the Mecca is making a lot of money and mm. you know, being intellectually stimulated, you know, being challenged at the mm. same time and you know, both I, I like both of those. Those sound like great things. Um, but <laughs> but you started moving away from this. Um, sounds like before you ever got to Nicaragua, like just in that first year at law school, you started yeah. drifting away away from this this paradigm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. what were your influences? Was it was it seeing that what life was actually like in law school? Was it meeting other other students there? Yeah, it was like a mixture. That's actually, I haven't really thought about that, what like actually led to my decision. I think it was like a combination of the the students I met at law school that most of them, most of them like didn't really touch me. I, li- I, I couldn't really connect with them on like a deeper level. And I couldn't really connect with most of the lawyers I met. I couldn't connect with the idea they had for their own lives so like what they wanted like the vision they had for their lives or like if they i don't know if if they even thought about it or not um so 
yeah, and then on the other hand, I, I just found myself studying um, in the library for like 12 plus hours every day. Um, so I had like 70 to 80 hour weeks every week. So I ha I didn't have much time to actually think about myself or think about other topics apart from law topics. And that wasn't something I hoped for me to be at like to be education because I, I expected I, I wanted um I imagined um university be a place where I could think about the world, where I could like talk about like big questions, like philosophical questions or like um questions like um that are like really important to talk about as a society. And I didn't find that. Um so yeah, that kind of led kind of to my burnout, I guess, because I didn't find um, these, yeah, it didn't make sense to me to not talk about these topics that are so important. Well, this sounds like a product of going into a specialized uh, university program in law. Uh, did you consider transferring to a more liberal arts uh, type university where you could you know, have a better chance of having those wide-ranging philosophical conversations? Mm, I did, yeah. I actually went to psychology lectures um, because I thought, okay, maybe psychology is something I'm more interested in. Um, so, And it was interesting, but as well as like not... I wanted, I wanted like two sides. I wanted to think and talk about big topics and at the same time do practical stuff and experience stuff and like do projects. That's like for me the thing I was hoping for. Um, and I think that's, that's the best way to learn, to like actually have time to think about things, talk about big questions, discuss those big questions. But this talking and thinking about these things isn't helpful to me or to anyone else if you don't act on it, if you don't put the results you've achieved in your mind to action or like actually do something. Um, so that's, I didn't find that in any, any bachelor bachelor's program, like the combination of thinking, discussing and actually doing stuff. So no matter whether it's a law program or a liberal arts program or something else, it was, it was all just too academic, too, um, too up in the air, too much theory and not enough doing, you know, practical application. Was, was that your main grief? Yeah, in the end, looking back, I think that's, that was the main grief, I think, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to learn a little bit more about your Nicaragua experience, because it sounds so um, important. First of all, would you consider this to be a gap year, in the way that most people use that term? Go I out, think so. Travel, you know, find yourself, do some work, experience other cultures. Yeah, I think you can say so. Yeah. What were the most meaningful or transformative experiences? Um, do you have any stories you can share with us that really like represent your time there? Oh man, yeah, that was like there's lots of stories. Um, I mean, I I went to a place that's called Tipitapa which is the suburb of the capital. And it's it's like the most, people say it's the most dangerous, most um, ugly place you can go to in probably whole Nicaragua and maybe Central America. So 
Yeah, actually, um, experienced stuff like I got robbed after like a couple of weeks. Um, I like one of the guardmen of the supermarket. He got shot, um, and I saw people like dead people floating in the river almost every week. Um, I saw people like living live on the streets every day. I saw people live in like with like 10 to 15 people live in like really small, simple houses, like just build off um, plastic, plastic stuff, like some pieces of wood and plastic just on the, yeah, along the road. Um, I met people from the, from the upper class in, in, in Nicaragua who have big villas and like, um, big cars and like, um, yeah, I think one, one very interesting moment for me was like going to Managua, the capital and being at a cross, how do you say crossroad? Yes. And then have a big SUV right next to, um, uh, like this little person on, um, this wagon that's connected with, a little horse that's like almost, and the wagon is almost falling, falling apart. Um, yeah. Like, and, and all these experiences, like just, um, kind of totally changed my perspective on what I wanted to do, what, um, what the world is like and what makes people happy. Because I, I felt that people in Nicaragua, like the happiness level even if they're like the second poorest country in, in all Latin America, I felt their happiness level was actually higher <laughs> than the German happiness level. <laughs> that kind of totally um, confused me in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was really, I think the most helpful year of my life so far because um, it just just showed me that there's always more than one perspective to look at things if it's uh, let it be education or happiness or success whatever you whatever you want did you mostly travel in nicaragua did you volunteer or work or do any organized activities yeah most of the time i, I volunteered so i volunteered for 10 months um with short periods of travel on the weekends or I had like I think three weeks of vacation, so I went to Guatemala um, during that time. But most of the time, I volunteered in a pro in a kids project. It's kind of a youth center, so I um, offered courses in like acrobatics and like what else did I do? We did theater, we did guitar courses, we did swimming courses, soccer courses, and all kinds of activities. Um, because they, you have to um, imagine like in this country, there's nothing, no organized activities for kids. So they don't have soccer clubs. They well, they have one soccer club for like older people, like for people older than 18 years, I think. But it's actually basically in this um, in Tipi Tapper, there's one 100,000 people living there, and kids they don't have a place to go. Like after school, they just play on the streets, hang around. There's nothing they can do. There's no place where where they can read, do their homework, nothing. 
So my project was like kind of the only place they could go to to do their homework, to actually read books, to participate in like um, guitar exercise or like reading, um, reading course or theater course, whatever they were interested in. So yeah, that was quite quite cool because you could actually see over over time how you build relationships with the kids that um yeah and how like sometimes i felt that the connection that kids had with me or with other volunteers were stronger than to their parents because the parents like most many of the parents didn't have time they didn't give them the attention um they needed so that was quite quite cool to see how they developed in such a short time how they got like more um expressive how they like yeah kind of got interested in learning stuff because they they felt okay i'm i'm valued and i can get something out of this and um it's actually fun to learn things and like yeah participate in activities so that was really cool so you spent almost a year in nicaragua you did a lot of volunteering um just one more question about this for anyone out there who's thinking about taking a gap year or something similar to that and the prospect of long-term travel just seems impossible. I'm curious, how much money did you spend, like let's say maybe per month, on average, to exist in Nicaragua? You know, don't don't count the flights. Just when you were there on the ground, how much did it cost to to, to live? A couple of hundred euros, I think, like a lot less than I, I need in Germany. I had a fifty percent scholarship. That helped me, but to actually survive in in Nicaragua, I think I needed like one hundred fifty dollars, maybe two hundred dollars a month. That was it. And I mean, after after volunteering in in Nicaragua, I had I had like two thousand like thousand five hundred euros left on my bank account, and with that thousand five hundred euros, I traveled for two and a half months through South America, and I traveled to six or seven countries for two and a half months with just like about 2000 us dollars, maybe a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally doable. And for a lot less money than a lot of people think. Sure. Yeah. Money is not, money is not the, I mean, money is, shouldn't be the thing that stops you from traveling. I agree. All right. Let's bring it back to anti-uni and has, is your platform, is your message on anti-uni essentially that uh, people who are in uh, a situation that was similar to yours, they're feeling frustrated by university and they don't really feel like there's other options, they can leave university and they can perhaps do something similar to what you did and still become successful or become an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's that's part of the message. Um, I think the bigger message is that it's never too early and never too late to actually think about who you are and what you want to do. And I think that's that's something that school doesn't do, like doesn't provide you with. Like school gives you some basic knowledge in math or in physics and like um, helps you learn how to write and, and read. But I think those things, you can learn those things. And I know a couple of um, unschoolers who have never been to school and they can read, they can write, they can, they can do basic math. And... Um, but they started experiencing, um, experimenting with projects and like 
finding out what their interests are and what their values are and what the what the people are they want to work with. And I think you can like the the sooner you start doing that kind of that kind of things, the sooner you learn who you are and what you want to do. So yeah, I kind of help people realize that and like help them ask questions. That's basically all I do. What has the response to your blog been in Germany? Well, it's been um, quite quite surprising actually because it's um, it's been online for a bit more than a year by now, and I have thirty like at the moment like thirty thousand readers per month, um, like unique visitors. And um, I got, like last year, I got a lot of um, press attention. So I've been like all over the <laughs> bigger news platforms. I've been like on every radio station in Berlin, I think. And I've been like, I get like, um, I get asked to speak at conferences and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's I think it, it gets people to think. Um and it raises awareness. Aware, oh man, my English! It raises awareness on on, on education topics, and um, so that's that's cool. And your ideas are pretty uh, unconventional in Germany, right? Compared to perhaps the United States, where it's still pretty unconventional to talk to talk about not going to college or university. But in, in Germany, that's that's really outside the box, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's even more outside the box than in, in the States, probably. Yeah, so I think that's part of why it got so much attention. And that's why people are so interested in it, because young people, I get like I get messages from young people every day, and they feel that school or university, in many cases, doesn't get them where they want to go or where they want to be. So... Um, yeah, it's 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 so outside the box that there's many haters as well. But um yeah, I think it's I mean, I don't know. It's it's just what I believe in. So I just uh I continue doing it. <laughs> What's your position on university right now in terms of who do you think going to university is a good idea for and who do you think it's a bad idea for? I think going to university is a good idea if if you want to become a lawyer or if you want to become a doctor um or if you need a certified degree but apart from that I think you can become whatever you want without going to university and I think far more important than getting um this getting a degree or going to lectures um, is actually figuring out who you are and what you want to what you want to do. So first, like take the time to yeah to to find out what what you want to do. And I think the best way to to find out is to do stuff, not just to sit in lectures. So my approach would be to do as many projects as possible, like being active and actually doing stuff. So you you don't really buy into the counter argument that it's worth going to university because that is where you find out who you are and that's no. where you discover yourself. 
Because you don't. <laughs> well, I, I did, or at least it, hap- it happened yeah, at the same time I was in college. Um, yeah, but you kind of designed your own curriculum. I mean, you you weren't like the typical student, right? Well, yes, but that came after... Well, I, I didn't get it from a lecture. I didn't get it from a class I signed up from. I, I, I got go. it from another uh, student who was starting this discussion group about education, and mm-hmm. he handed me a book that really lit my mind on fire. And from John Taylor Ghetto? Exactly. And Yeah. And so it was sort of a byproduct of going to college because I got exposed to these um, these other people. So he, sure. he, here's another counter argument. Um, what about the just? But just just one thing. Yeah, just one thing on that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great for meeting people if they are like minded. And um, today, if I think about it, like I'm really inter- interested in like philosophy, politics, economics, like really bigger topics. So I could imagine doing something like PPE in wherever you can do like such such thing. What, what's I could uh, imagine PPE? PPE is like philosophy, politics, economics. Okay, thanks. You can do that in Oxford or Cambridge or wherever you want. So I can imagine doing something like that um, because I think the the kind of people I would meet there I could like connect with. But still, um, now I'm learning without, I don't have a campus I can go to. I don't, and I, I still meet people I connect with. And I still have inspiring um, people around me. I meet, I, the thing is, I don't meet them at university, but I meet them at events. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, valid, it's a valid argument, but you can still meet people that are inspiring without going to university. Well, I agree with you, first of all. And second of all, I think that is one of the biggest challenges for any young person who's considering not going to college because sure. there, there's not, it's not clear. There's no great examples about how to meet other interesting, inspiring, maybe intellectual people if you yeah. don't go to university. And so how do you do it or how have you done it? Or what are these events? It's been a process. I mean, I first I, I kind of looked for people who do things that I wanted to be doing in the future. So I looked for mentors like these four young entrepreneurs who have built social startups and have built not social start not so social startups. And um, I just thought I participated in one of their workshops and I just thought, okay, these guys actually, they have the energy I want to be around. They have the knowledge. They do stuff I want to do. So what better way to learn um, what I want to do then to work for them and learn in, in the process and being be mentored by them. So I think that's something that you always can do, like look for someone who you think is where you want to be and um, work for them, like even work for them for free in the beginning maybe, and then maybe later you get paid if you get better at what you do. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's something that everybody can do. What about meeting people that are not in your, you know, your work realm or your career interests? What about mm-hmm. just you know that we have this idea of university as a place where you go and there's just hundreds or thousands of other young adults who uh, you just get connected to automatically through parties mm-hmm. or through um, coursework. And so um, how have you managed to expand your social network 
outside of uh, just uh, career-wise? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, mainly through events, I think. I mean, today I get um, invited to to events um, to speak or to attend. So that's, for me, the perfect place to, to meet like-minded people because... At university, you have no, you don't have a filter. So that's that's a good thing and that's a bad thing, as well. Because you meet, um, you meet like there's so many people in one place, and um, but they're not like many times they're not filtered by their interests. And if you go to an event that's about social change, or if you go to an event that's about blogging, or if you go to an event that's about that's for like young people kind of creating their own um, path through education. Then you have this filter that helps you that um, helps you make a stronger connection with the people there. So when you say event, you're I think the word we might use is it's conf- like conf- conference. Yeah, conference. Yeah, sure. That's that's what so, I mean. Some sort of large social gathering that's focused around a, a specific purpose. Yeah, or a shared interest. Yep. So those have been really helpful for you for meeting yeah. all sorts of new people, and and you know people all across Europe now, right? Yeah, all across. Like I knew pe- many people in the states as well, just through the events I've been to. The um, my blog has helped me, of course. The podcasts I've been on, all that stuff. And I mean, that's that's like I think that's maybe the most crucial thing to start putting things out there, um, like be it through social media, be it through blogging, be it through a podcast, because then you actually kind of signal to the world what you are about, what you're interested in, and then people can find out about you and they kind of, they find you without you knowing about them that you can have a great connection. You, you make yourself Googleable, Right. And that's actually, that's been the most, that's, maybe probably been the coolest thing about my blog that just people find me and they can find out who I am and what I'm interested in just through the stuff they find online. And that's nothing that nobody tells you about that at, at, at college or at university. Let's talk about a different subject. Last year in 2014 in the United States, there was a lot of media attention regarding German universities that are accepting international students mm-hmm. and you don't have to pay any tuition to go to these universities because it's taxpayer supported and a lot of the classes are in English. And so it got a lot of uh, people here in the U.S. and Canada pretty excited about the, the German education system. I'm wondering, do you have any, uh, do you have a take on, on your free taxpayer supported university system? And are there pluses? Are there minuses? Yeah, um, I actually put some thought into that, and I'm not. I'm yeah. So what I think is regarding the like many people always talk uh, about the um, fairness of the education system. So I think what it helps with, um, or what politics politicians say it helps with, is helping you whatever kind of social um how do you say like wherever you are like um it doesn't matter like which social 
class where you are yeah which social class or where you where you are in the social hierarchy or where your parents are um you basically have the the opportunity to to go to university and i think that's a good thing um and it's it's obviously a smart thing um of germany to say okay if you want to come to germany um we pay your tuition and so like because for you guys i mean you have like such high tuition fees to pay so it's it's quite an interesting offer from germany to say okay hey you can just come to germany study in english and we pay for your studies so i think the logic behind i can imagine being the logic behind it um that they want um like intelligent people coming to germany and then maybe like it here and stay um to work here um so that's that's a smart move i think um on the other hand i think that it's not only good that the whole university system is free in germany because um then like i see many students like take it for granted that they can study for years and years and years without actually paying something for their studies and um yeah just like i mean study for it's not unusual that that students study for like five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 years um when they could finish their degree in in three years or four years um so yeah it's like like paying for it actually maybe makes it more valuable to you um and it's like this little kick in the butt that tells you okay maybe now it's time to finish the degree and um yeah do something else do you think that more young people enroll in universities who should not necessarily be there they should be out working or traveling or doing something yeah. that builds their self knowledge you think yeah. they're they're enrolling because it's free yeah that's that's oh man that's a good argument um a good point because in germany like um i think like nowadays everybody wants to go to university because it's free it's easy everybody tells you you'll have a good time and um yeah but it actually for many many students who go to university it actually doesn't help them because they either they don't know what they want to do like they have no clue what they want to do who they are where they want to be in life um so it's basically a waste of time and they um i mean every third person in germany um quits or changes the subject of their studies every third person and that's just like the official statistics so it's probably even more um i think a lot of people do change their studies here in the us too yeah so that's a sign that many of them haven't figured out what they want to do so um and like these um finding out what i want to do programs get more popular in germany slowly um but yeah i think for many people it's it's just a it's a waste of time and if it's um and as well there's more and more universities like private universities that cost a bit of money so if you decide to go to one of those universities then you think about it um maybe twice um if you invest the money and i think to invest money in yourself in your education if if you think that they can really that it's worth the money and time you put in i think then 
that's like the best investment you can you can probably get um like your 150 euro a month nicaragua education yeah i mean that was like the best real life education i could get as well the the uh, the education i got from my from the fellow entrepreneurs i i i um interned for and they even paid me for it because i was i i kind of um negotiated and and said hey guys i'm going to work for you and 50% of my time i want you to pay for my living so they paid me 500 euros and i i learned so much i learned more than i would have ever learned at at any university in the world and they even paid me for it so um that was quite a good deal <laughs> So let's talk about what you're doing right now. You are in Germany. You are still blogging for anti-uni. Mm -hmm. And you've been traveling a lot, both in Europe and outside. Um, what's been the, the biggest benefit of your, your recent travels uh, as an entrepreneur? Well, I haven't been traveling that much lately. I travel, I mean, me, we met last summer. Um, that was like my last bigger travel adventure, I think, when I went to the States. And we, we met at World Domination Summit in Portland last year. So um, at the moment, I'm more based in Berlin. And I'm concentrating on, on my blog, on, on doing... I did a lot of speaking at the end of last year. Um, so I'm, I got a bit exhausted from that. So now I decided to concentrate on, on the groundwork, on my education. So I'm, at the moment, I'm, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I'm um, diving deeper into philosophy again. Um, I'm writing for my blog and I'm developing um, an online course. Um, so, yeah, that's so like now I want to get like financially stable and um, kind of put more focus on my own education, on my own learning process. How old are you today, Ben? I turned 24 in January. And a question that might be on some listeners' minds is, how are you funding your, your somewhat dreamy life of you know, reading philosophy and uh, blogging? <laughs> and how are you doing that right now? Yeah, through, through my blog. I make some money of my blog. Um, I make some money speaking. I sometimes give workshops. And I don't need a lot of money. So I have my small room here in Germany, uh, here in Berlin. Um, so I need about 1,000 euros a month, um, probably less. Um, and so, yeah, so I can, I manage to, to pay, my, pay my bills with what I do. And um, yeah. I take the time to to think and read and write as long as I can. So I think now is the time to to. I mean, I can make a lot of money later. Um, and I obviously, I'm aware aware of um, the fact that I want to make a bit more money than I'm making right now. But as long as I can have my focus on learning, that's that's kind of a privilege I have. And I'm in parts. I'm I'm already getting paid for learning um, through the blog and stuff. And it's like all getting bigger over time, um, which is a cool thing about being online or doing stuff online. And so I'm not, I'm not very worried about, about my financial situation, actually. Enviable. 
last question, Ben. What has been the most rewarding thing about your work and your travels over the past few years when you would have otherwise been in university? <laughs> I think um, having like really feeling that I'm living life to the fullest. I mean, there's been like, there have been like so many ups and downs in just like the last two years. And I've, I've been like, there have been times when I was like really depressed. Um, when I was like, like asking myself, what the hell am I, do am I doing here? Um, am I ever going to make enough money to make a living? Um, does this make sense? Am I just like a crazy person? Um, who believes in stuff that nobody else believes in. Um, and there have been times when I, I gave talks in front of audiences of like 500, 600 people who just like went crazy. And um, I get like so many grateful emails almost every day from people who say, just making me think about this thing changed my life. And now I see my life from a like different perspective um so that's something i'm like immensely grateful for to actually feel that with the things i do be it speaking or be it just writing a blog post or talking to someone i can actually have an impact on someone's life and actually change something even if i change their thinking like the way they see things they the way they think about things i can change their life in a like just a little way and make it more meaningful or better or like help them um change other people's lives and i think that's maybe the most rewarding um experience i've had and on top of that of of course um finding out like in the process more and more finding out what my i am re like what my life is really about and um when i started my entrepreneurial journey i still wanted to make a lot of money and now um, it's more about, I know, okay, money is, money is important um, if you don't. And the less money you have, the more important it feels. Um, but at a certain level, um, it doesn't matter. Like, and I kind of like to measure my success in the impact I have on other people's life, lives. So that's something I found out through meeting people mainly because I meet people and then I talk about the certain things and then I feel if something resonates between us and if we can establish a connection. So through that, I can actually find out, okay, what, what do I want to distance myself from? So I, I found out, okay, I want to distance myself more from the people who just block or just do speaking because they want to make a lot of money. And I want to connect more with those people who actually do, who actually think about the change or like the impact they have with their blogging or with their um, thought, thought leadership um, or their speaking. And that's an exciting journey, I think. My guest today has been Ben Paul. Thanks for being on the show, Ben. Thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> This is the Real Education Podcast. This show is produced with the assistance of Zen Zenith, who also created the music. For more episodes, visit blakebowles.com slash podcast. 
Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.